Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Raymond Weekly Podcast. Whatever time it may be, morning, afternoon, night, we're here and ready to go, Tony. Roaring and ready to go. Roaring and ready to go. You know, this is a day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to be happy in all times. Amen. Yes, yes, amen. Amen. Well, you know, um, it's always wonderful to hear from you guys, and, and we have our own, our, our newest email, actually, at podcast at rhema.org, and we'd love to hear from you, Lord, love to hear what you think about the program, what you think we maybe should do, um, you know, and different things like that. Also, please follow us on social media now. We're putting some behind-the-scenes photos. You can actually see our... Well, not really a man cave. It's, it's actually getting a little bit cleaner every, every time that we yeah, show up here. It's still more along the lines of Granny's Attic. Yeah, Granny's um, Attic. Yeah. yeah, we call it Granny's Attic. And <laughs> it is our Rayma Studios here, but um, it looks more like a junk room. But anyway, um, you'll see some behind-the-scenes photos of us recording the the um, podcast. So just join us on Facebook or on Instagram at Rayma Podcast, and you know, be glad to have you followers. Plus, we also every episode we actually um, download that uh, on the podcast as well. Of course, you can find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, it's pretty much, and we're real popular in India. Yes, yeah, on the Ghana network, whatever love, that might be. They love curry and they love us. Yeah, they love curry and love us. So they probably like you, Tony. That's yeah, why they're that's, all. That's all, what it is. <laughs> things like that. So you know, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How you're doing good. Yeah, I'm excited about a new chapter. A new chapter. Yeah. Yes. Because um, God's faithful. God's faithful, and our trust is in God. Amen. It's not in our government. It's not in whoever's in control. You know, the president changes every four to eight years, but God never changes. Right, amen. And Jesus never changes. Right. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for some of you out there that might be concerned about our upcoming, um, you know, president and vice president, first of all, you know, we talked about last program that we're supposed to pray for the president, we're supposed to pray for our vice president, we're supposed to pray for the rulers, and, you know, we're going to pray that we can live a quiet and peaceful life. Amen. You know, and God's still in control. Amen. 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 Well, today we have a Rama pastor who happens to be teaching this week. Yep. And um, I want to get his name right because not everyone does. I mean, his name is it's Justin Wigan, and he is here today. And so good to have you, Justin. Oh, it's it's good to be here. I wish everybody could sit where I'm at right now and just watch pastor craig and pastor tony interact it's it's actually more of a treat for me than anything else at all so i'm glad to be here it's really cool to be teaching in the school um i've done it now i think this is my third year and i enjoy uh being here and, and just doing that every uh, one week out of every year now just to let you kind of you guys kind of know that our, our third year pastors group um we actually have this term which is i guess our third term third term um we we bring in pastors you know, because it's one thing to, to learn from people who are just teaching. Another thing, learn from actual pastors who are actually doing that. You know, and, and, and so we bring in pastors to come for the whole week to, to teach you guys, and and you can learn, you know, what to do, what not to do, because um obviously Justin, you probably made a lot of mistakes, um, pastor, just like we've all done. You can learn way more from my mistakes than <laughs> any of my uh, successes. That's for sure. It's yeah. it's a unique thing. It, the class is called Pastoral Forum pastors forum and for eight weeks you get a different pastor each week from different sized churches different parts of the united states different locales and so it's it's very enriching uh didn't have that opportunity when i was a student had the opportunity to come back and do what jetson's doing uh when i was a pastor 
and it, it's uh, it's of tremendous tremendous value. So if you think you're called in the ministry, or maybe you feel you want to learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org, and you can find out more information about Rama. But Justin, it is good to have you with us this week, and you know maybe one of these days we'll actually have some behind the scenes of, um, of Tony and Craig talk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably even more funnier than the, the podcast yeah, itself. Yeah, the, yeah. the pre-show was my favorite. That, I just got to be honest. The pre-show yeah. was amazing. The, the, the pre-show was not for public consumption. <clears throat> well, it, and, it, and it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. That's good. Well, you have to understand, when Tony and I get together, we have to discuss things yeah, that, yeah. That, that's been going on in the news and yeah, stuff, you yeah. know, over the last few days. It's therapeutic. <laughs> well, I can tell your group therapy is paying off. Very much so. So anyway, J Justin, um, t tell us about yourself, about, you know, how you got saved, how you ended up here at Rama. I mean, you know, you know, you said your story was boring. So tell us how boring your story really is. <laughs> um, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you're excited to hear my boring story. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I, I remember being at this thing called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Oh, yeah. Like. That was a thing, and and literally, I, I don't know. It it scared the hell out of me. Am I, am I allowed to say that on that, this podcast? That, yeah. that, that was the point. Yeah, was the point. and it really was. And I remember that moment. I was with a youth group at the time, and I just knew, like, man, I don't want that. And honestly, from that day forward, I've I've really been serving the Lord as long as I can remember. I think I was twelve or thirteen at the time, and uh, had a call to to ministry at a youth camp as a kid. And I think youth camps are amazing. Um, and really just to kind of walk that calling out. Showing up here at this school, I was part of a network of churches growing up called uh, Living Word. Okay. And uh, they were in the Ohio area, and there was one pastor. Real familiar. And, yeah, there was one pastor that every year we'd all get together and have camp meeting. Like, he was the pastor. And all I remember thinking is, is, man, if I can pastor one day, like, I want to be like that guy. And so I found out where he went to school, and he went to he went here, rbtc.org. Is yeah. that what we're promoting every time we <laughs> yes. say it? rbtc.org. Okay. rbtc.org. You're catching on quick. Um, you know, I'm trying. Plus Chick-fil-A, that's what Craig's drinking out of right now. So uh, we'll plug where we can. Um, but anyways, I This is actually the Broken Era Chick-fil-A, and I do want to plug these guys because um, last week we had the, what we call the Chili Bowl. It was a, a race here, and Broken Era Chick-fil-A gave us chicken all week long. So kudos to the Broken Era Chick-fil-A. Oh, hello. All Thank right. you, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, let's see how many companies we can promote in one. I have Sun Chips beside me, so they're next. So... Um, Anyways, but I just remember that, that, that pastor being at camp meeting and all, we all thinking, man, if we could be in, in ministry, like I'd want to be like him. So we found out where he went to school and there was a whole group of us, I think of like seven or eight. And we all packed up after high school and, and moved to Oklahoma to, to go to Raymond. I, I had no idea. I'd never seen a facility. I'd never heard anyone from Raymond ever teach or speak. Um, I had no clue who Brother Hagen was. When I, I see that. Up on the that's scene. interesting. I'll, I'll interrupt you, but yeah. that's the thread we find with yeah. a certain generation uh, that they never heard Brother Hagen. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never seen a picture. Never, never heard of. But, a, but not a only tape. never heard Brother Hagen, never heard Pastor Hagen. Never heard never Pastor. Heard any anybody here? Yeah. So no, absolutely. So, not. so what year was that? I mean, uh, so I came. I graduated high school in '99. So I was here in the the fall of '99. So, okay, so, so you. You came right after I graduated in '99. Yeah, right. So, so yeah. I would have came right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were just 18, I'm assuming. 18 years old. Yep. You know, 
probably never lived. I mean, you've been away from your parents that much, right? I mean, that was pretty. It was pretty eye opening. I moved out here like literally a, a month after high school. So I was out here. I wanted to get out here and get a job before everybody else showed up in Tulsa. Yeah. So I moved out here early. And uh, what a unique learning curve being on your own. Oh, that, yeah. That young. And I think about I have a 13 year old now to think of thought of her moving out at 18. I don't think she'll be ready. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not ready for her. To do that. I don't know. She's no. got a lot of you in her. I know. Right. <laughs> so. So now, now where were you living before you came to Rainbow? Oh. So I grew up in rural Ohio and uh, lived in a small town in Ohio. Actually, my parents owned a, a public campground. I grew up at, on a campground. You mean like a KOA or, or like a, a place that you rent? To, no, to it do? was like a KOA, except it wasn't a, a KOA. It was just a, a place people came every weekend to go camping. And uh, I, I say that I learned how to deal with people. Like growing up in that, it was awesome. Mm. It, it's probably paid off in pastoring more than I could ever calculate for. Yeah. But I went from there to, you know, Tulsa's the biggest city I ever lived in. Really? It's same. the biggest city I ever want to live in. Oh, so same did, for did me. you live in Tulsa or live in Broken Arrow, actually, when you were I, I lived in Tulsa. I lived on 71st Street and Sheridan. All right. Um, so, And then I lived on, uh, I think, 61st and 169. All right. So you so you lived in, in the Tulsa area. That's the biggest city you've ever lived in. Oh, yeah. And Tulsa's not that big of a city for you guys that are listening. Okay. Um, when you come from a town of 1,500 people, Tulsa is massive. If yeah. there's more than one stoplight in a town, I don't want to be in it. Like, it's too much. <laughs> too much for me. Hands down. So, so how was your, when you were going to school here, I mean, what, what was that like? Um, you know, obviously, you're only 18. Um, you know, a lot of folks who come to Rain are a little bit older than that, um, or used, used to be, actually. I mean, now we're getting some more younger students. So, but how, how was it going to class and, you know, just a whole Rain experience? So, truthfully, it was, um, I'm glad I took good notes. Because I, I goofed off. Like, I, I was young, um, and there was, I mean, girls were on my brain. <laughs> I mean, if I'm just being honest, it's like, man, I'm so glad I took good notes because I can refer back to them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, I worked, and I, I remember I dated a lot that first year. And <laughs> I don't know that that should have been my main focus. Probably should have spent a little more time in prayer school, uh, but I didn't. So I'm glad I took really good notes because I had play on the brain. I'd get off work. I'd come to the NRC for open gyms um, and just really enjoyed that first year of just goofing off. Yeah, and for you guys listening that are not familiar, NRC is, is our recreation facility where you can work out, you can play basketball, you can play racquetball or we actually have a running track up there, so yeah. that, that's the NRC. Plus, we actually have a skating rink, and we have late skates, actually. That's one of the activities here at Rama. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some people do call Rama, Rama Bridal Training Center or Training College, um, you know, because a lot of people have come here and met their wife. Um, and a lot of people come here just like Justin and date a bunch of people. <laughs> nah, you know, I'm not, I'm not super proud of that, but uh, my, wife, we did, my wife, we dated in high school, and she waited a year to come out and we were not dating when I came out here the first year. I want to make that super clear. Okay. <laughs> super clear. Super clear. Um, but so you weren't dating anybody from home. So right. it, was, it was okay to it date. It was totally fine to date. So she moved out here, uh, at the beginning of my second year, it would have been her first year. And you know, after dating a couple girls that first year, I realized none of them lived up to her. Mm. And, uh, so she moved out here and I didn't even want to give her a chance to meet a guy at school. 
I, uh, I remember she came her first night here. I showed up at the apartment she moved into. I threw rocks at her window, which I don't recommend to anybody. <laughs> I took her down to Riverside and I kissed her on the bridge and I haven't kissed another girl since. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. And I don't plan on kissing another girl <laughs> other than her again in my life. Just to be clear about that. Duly okay. noted. Duly noted. <laughs> Oh man. So um, you so, asked me to come, remember. <laughs> okay. You ask me. All right. <laughs> anyway, you got something to talk about. <laughs> so tell us tell us now that you married Jenny, so how many kids we got? Oh man, she just won't leave me alone. So we have four we have four children. Um we had the year we started the church, so in two thousand and twelve, um she was pregnant with our first one and we've just had a kid every two years and now my youngest is six i got one that's eight i got one that's 10 i got one i got a girl who's 13. um and man we are just in a great stage of life like it's yeah. fun uh, my kids uh, we enjoy them all and it's you know anybody who has kids it's hard and difficult raising them but uh, we're just at a good spot in life and ministry and having kids, and uh, it's the stage I really wouldn't trade for anything right now. So that's awesome. That's like me being serious for a minute, so let's get back. Yeah, which, which not, you have to know Justin's not, not serious very often. No, you know, I don't, I don't try to be. Yeah. Try Life's serious enough with all the stuff we got to deal with, so yeah. if I can laugh, I'll, if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to choose laughing every time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so you came to Rama, you didn't listen. So you didn't listen the first year. What about the second year? Did you did you listen well, more? You know, I did listen a little more the second year. Um, when you weren't kissing you weren't, Jenny. You weren't dating. You know, I was dating Jenny uh, <laughs> that second year. And, uh, man, we just had I, – I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I, I loved my time out here in Tulsa. So I actually stayed out here another year and worked while she was finishing up second year. But we look back at our time here in Tulsa, and uh, this last week, she and the kids are with me here this week, and we've just been driving around, and we just reminisce. We point out all yeah. the places to our kids where we lived or uh, where we worked, and they don't care at all. But it's just nice for her. We, we remember those things, those little things. And so being out here, I have nothing but great memories about uh, going to school, being out here, working, and just enjoying, you know, the huge city life <laughs> is is what we, we just enjoyed for that season of life. And it is funny sometimes, like, you know, it seems younger generation doesn't really care. Um, I, m I remember I took my kids to see the Alamo. Now, mm -hmm. you have to understand that our family's from Texas. The Alamo's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, especially my dad. I mean, you know, he, he has sermons about the Alamo. I mean, it's a big deal. So I bring my kids to see the Alamo. The only thing that really interested my kids was the, the knives at the Alamo, the, the buoy knives. And, and then there, there was like a, some kind of fun house across the street from the Alamo. They'd rather go see the fun house than see the Alamo. So, I mean, kids don't seem to really, you know, care about, you know, some things that we care about. But that's okay. It's 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 good to see history, or yeah, you know, whether sure. it's, whether it's your personal history or if it's history of the uh, of the the government or history of the great state of Texas, you know. <laughs> so chart us your course after graduation. Um, after graduation, I helped um, I helped someone pioneer a church 
in Kentucky, and and I think that's probably my first contact with you. It was long of them when I met yeah, you. That's right. Along, I, I think we all held a meeting at the Kentucky Speedway. Yep. And the, that's the, right. Had the Hagens in. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the Pastor first time that. that I met uh, Mr. McKinnon. Um, he called you Mr. Tony. Mr. <laughs> Mr. McKinnon. I felt so young doing ministry right out of school. Like we got married and then jumped right into helping Pioneer Church. So I was a youth pastor of a church with no no youth for about a year. So that was awkward. It's like that first youth shows up and you're just so excited. Um, so I was there for four years in uh, kind of rural Kentucky. Yeah. And you just learn a lot those first couple years of ministry. Um, it's work. You know, I think at the end of the day, Pastor Hagen said it for years. How do you spell ministry? It's W-O-R-K. Like, you don't realize that until you are um, tearing down a reception, throwing away beer bottles to set up church for the next morning. Like, that becomes very real, very yeah. fast. And, and you start off just small, every, everything that you do. So we did that for a season and then just knew we had a call to, to uh, I think the area that we grew up in, kind of one county over, we felt like we were supposed to launch a church. And so we just, we packed everything up. We moved to rural Ohio and uh, just started working, started thinking, God, what, what are you calling us to do? We know you want us to plant a church, but we need some more details than that. And So, two- so when you started the church, how old were you at the time? 26. 26. So. I, was, I was 26 or 7 when I came to Ramah. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because Perspective. obviously, you know, you graduated and you took another year for your wife to graduate. Um, but, but um, you know, a lot of times the younger students or younger graduates, they're like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm ready. But I mean, you know, it's good to hear like you just jumped out and did, you know, something. did something. You know, honestly, yeah. I had no direction coming out of Rama. Uh, so there was just a couple I heard that were that they were going to go start a church and I didn't know what to do. So I just thought. I think so many people want to sit around and do nothing until they yeah. feel that direct. Go do something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. do ministry. Go, I mean, volunteer. Put your hand to something. Put your hand to something. And so I did that. I packed my new wife up, and we moved to Kentucky, a place that we were very foreign to us. And yeah. we just tried to help somebody. I, I know I, I used to, to teach the youth group you know, here at, at Rama. When I say youth group, I'm talking about the students, the Rama students that are going into the youth ministry. And a lot of them, you know, they're waiting for a youth job. I said, you know, there are a lot of churches th- that would love to have someone to volunteer to do the youth because they can't afford to pay anybody. I said, you know what? If you grow a youth group, eventually you'll get paid. Mm-hmm. I said, but the thing is, do you want to work in ministry or, or do you want to want to, you know, work at Walmart, you know, down the street or, or, or whatever? I mean, because a lot of people are waiting for that opportunity yeah. whenever sometimes you've got to make the opportunity happen, you know, because when it comes to ministry, if you're not willing to do it for free, you'll never get paid to do it. Oh, well, you got to be a benefit before like, you get a benefit. Yeah. It's just, it's just a no brainer. Yeah. You have to, you have to grind it out in ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously the advantage you had coming from a smaller town. So being in, a, in, a, in rural Kentucky, even though you weren't familiar with it, at least you're familiar with, how to do things in a small town. The culture, which, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Which is, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy, you know, being a youth pastor in a larger city where you have more things to do, but if you have less things to do, you got to invent things to do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with, I mean, because the number one sin in youth ministry is boredom. And, um, you know, it's 
you got to find something to do. Craig, have you ever had a corn fight? No, I've never had a corn Ooh. fight. <laughs> Tony, yeah. have you ever been in a corn fight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you leave with bruises. <laughs> so uh, we would take a youth group out and just have a corn fight. Like, if you just pull ears off a stock of corn and you hurl them at each other. And uh, I don't recommend that at all, but we found ways to. There's no trampoline parks where I'm at. So corn fight's about the next best thing. Um, so you find all kinds of things in, in youth ministry or, or whatever you're looking for. But um, anyways. So, so okay, so here you are going back to the county next to your home, mm-hmm. um, starting a church, and, you know, I guess maybe had your family up there, you know, but, but how many people came to your first service? Um, so we started in my living room with me and, and two other families. And we just started talking, you know, what would we do? Uh, it's so funny, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, we found the, the newspaper clipping to advertise the launch of our church. And we just looked back and we're like, did we really run an ad in the paper? Like, <laughs> it's so weird how, how quickly things change. But uh, that's what we did. And, and I can't tell you how many showed up at that first service. Um, but I know that early on, we probably started with 20 people. Um, 20 people in a, in a building that sat, I don't know, 180, 200 people, no air condition. We started in July, which I mean, that's a horrible time to start a church. Now that I've learned a little bit more about church planning, (laughs) there was no air conditioning. Um, so it's just kind of the progression of it was, was just unique, but we did what we knew and sadly we didn't know anything, (laughs) but somehow Somehow it, it, it has worked somewhat. I'm not saying we got anything figured out, but you know, we're still going, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, so um, for some of you out there, the best time to start a, start a church is, is usually the first of the year in January, like, like around now, or the first of the, of the school year, which is around September. Those are usually the best times to start a church. <laughs> the middle of the summer is usually not the best time to start a church, especially if you have no air conditioning in your building. Unless you're somewhere in Africa where nobody cares. Right. And But people did care where we were at, uh, especially women who did their hair and wore makeup. So they wanted air conditioning quickly. So we figured that out uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. We got air conditioning. So they have air conditioning in your town then? <laughs> <laughs> barely. Barely. We just got now it. Now you have to understand so. that just, I mean, you, you barely have internet at your house, correct? Uh, so, yeah, if I was to upload a photo to a website it would take every bit of 30 minutes at my house so when i'm here staying in broken arrow i can upload a picture in no time so it's very foreign to me to have good internet Uh, but our town does have decent internet but where we live uh, we don't have really we don't have tv we don't have much internet at our home and uh, we live a pretty unique life. And I think it's foreign to people because I'm, I'm considered a younger pastor. I'm not quite 40 yet. I'm still 39. And uh, we don't, I don't have any social media. I kind of, I live off the grid about as much as I can. And I got to be honest, I don't want that to ever change. I like it. Yeah, you're definitely a unique cat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know even know how I could have pastored the last 10 months being on social media because the noise and everybody's opinions are so loud and i i would have really struggled um not leading through the noise Mm. so uh, it's really 
enabled me. I have a really great you know family life. I spend more time in the spring chopping wood. Uh, and not that I heat my house with wood. I just really love to get my chainsaw out and split wood and I burn it and campfires all summer long. But, you know, I, I don't want I have four kids. They keep me occupied. I don't I don't really care if anybody knows what I had for lunch. I don't I don't care if they need something inspirational. They can go back and listen to my sermons. I, I don't care to tweet something or to post something. And I'm not against any of that. I don't care if other people do it. But for me, it just it doesn't work. And uh, man, I just I love living that way. But I think it's foreign to some people that how do you pastor not having social media? And I'll just say uh, it's pretty awesome, actually. So, so your church is not on social media? Don't oh, the church is 100%. And the staff tries to make me yeah. get social media accounts. And I just won't. But the church does. And, and they stay up to date on, on everything technology-wise. Um, you can find us at... I'm just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, tell, tell us yeah, where you're seriously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Community of Faith. And uh, it's cofchurches.com, uh, I, I think. Um, but that's where our messages and everything is on there. We also have an app that people can use. But honestly, at the end of the day, I just kind of avoid it. Um, and I got, I got too much going on with my, with my family and church. To uh, People always ask me about Ohio State football. Man, I, I quit watching football six years ago. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know they got beat by Alabama, but I didn't lose a wink of sleep over it. Uh, I promise. Everybody gets beat by Alabama. Yeah, you know, it's not unusual, that's yeah. for sure. Now, 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 let's back up a little minute. Mm-hmm. So 2012, you started one church. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you, you said something there. Our listeners needed to a call, and that was churches. Yeah. So tell us about that. So uh, rural communities, for us, it's uh, – there's a lot of them. We're about 35 minutes from Dayton. And what I found was when we started our church, our town's 1,500 people, um, there was a lot of people driving to Dayton to go to church. And at the end of the day, we, we found a lot of people landed at our church that was going to a big church in Dayton, which is nothing wrong with that, but they wanted a church in, in their town. Um, so we just see all these little towns that really – man, businesses have went out of, there's not a lot left in them. And we feel really called to put churches in rural communities. And so a couple years into it, several years into it, um, the YMCA approached us about being a Y partner with them. So in the Y director asked me thinking we would shut our church down in Lewisburg and open up and move all of our campuses over to the YMCA. And it's a multi-million dollar YMCA facility. It is beautiful. But really, that became our second campus where we have a set up and tear down church. And we've done that now for uh, six plus years. And um, man, they're just doing all people told me it's too close. It's 15 minutes from our main campus. Um, It's had a lot of people leave my church to go to that campus. Um, And it's about 15 minutes and it's just taken on its own identity. Um, We haven't needed to find a permanent facility. We have a great relationship with the YMCA. So I I would encourage church planners out there like, hey, look at look at facilities like the YMCA. They're looking for church partners. And that's really what we are. We help them do events. They help us with events. It's it's a great relationship. So that became campus number two. And um, campus number three came up three years ago uh, in this another little town. It was about 15 minutes the other way. 
And uh, we put real pastors in all of them. Um, there's not a video feed. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's not our model. And uh, we put pastors in there. So real pastors mean meaning live pastors. Yeah. Not, not a video. I, did I say that weird? I didn't mean to. Well, well, no. No. I, you know. no. I mean, I want to. Right. So I want people to understand what a real pastor means because I, well, what's a unreal right. pastor? It's not like Pinocchio, so, like, so wanted to be a real boy. I'm a real yeah. boy. Right. No. no, but you're, you're talking about you have live pastors yeah. who actually speak a message. You're not doing video messages. Correct. Or, or things like that. So, so you've, you've, um, so not only are, are you planning other churches, you're, all, you're also training other ministers to, to go and, and, um, it's been pastor. Absolutely. A, a church. Mm-hmm as a campus pastor. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, the, and I think the hardest thing we have to work on when you're doing that is their ability to communicate. Like yeah. communication, building that in somebody, it, it takes time. And yeah. that's something we put a lot of time and effort in is how they communicate. And, you know, even part of our church, I'll say that I'm probably the, the third or fourth best communicator in our organization um, because they put way more time in being taught how to do it rather than uh, I've just done it since we started our church. And I'll be honest. Can I tell it? Yeah. Bill Bush story. Tell Bill Bush yeah. story. So I was in a lab preaching. Yeah, and, and Bill Bush was and one of Bill my, Bush was my lab teacher. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the instructors. And he uh, pulled me off to the side when I was done preaching because I was in pastor's group. I thought I wanted to be a pastor. And he pulled me off to the side and he said, uh, hey, son, you did a great job up there, but I, I don't think you ever need to speak to adults. Why don't you stick with youth? Oh, man. <laughs> and, and honestly, so that's why I decided after Raymond I was going to go work with youth. And uh, he was he was 100% right. And uh, that's the direction I really needed to go in straight out of school. Um, But I just look back and laugh. And and I also have a horrific lisp that my speech teacher when I was in elementary school said, well, you're probably never going to be a public speaker. (laughs) So when I get excited, my lisp comes out and I have to consciously 24 hours a day keep my tongue inside my mouth so uh not the greatest mix with what i do but it seemed to has worked out along the way yeah. a little bit yeah. so, so so first of all for our listeners who have never went to rama uh we have what we call lab class and and where, where you actually get to speak a i'll call it a mini sermon like 10 minutes right it, well it depends on how many students we have yeah. right I mean, if if we have less lesser students then they get to speak more but normally 10 to 12 minutes, I think, whenever I was in school. And um, and so then you are graded by the instructor. Now, when teachers like me, we, we would have public evaluation because so everyone would, would talk about how good yeah. and how bad you did. Uh, um, we do. We do open critique yeah, in that's my what class. We did, open, yeah. open critique. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, we're not trying to tear you down. We just want you to understand, you know, I was actually doing youth lab and a lot of these people unlike you who actually probably did better to the youth a lot of these folks were, were preaching to adult type services and would be very boring for, you know for the youth I mean, you know actually at one time i almost encouraged people to throw paper airplanes but i didn't do that because i didn't want to you know make one of two people but so at least we know that is the line yeah that you is know, the line. don't throw things, don't throw at, things them. at the okay at the but but the, the, it has happened a num- number of my friends um, um i've heard of being thrown things at um Whenever they've been a youth pastor, and there's some youth pastor stories out there that shocked oh, yeah. the fire out of me, actually, um, of, of things that happened in youth group, especially out in and this place happened out in California. You know, California people are a little bit crazy. Some of the kids are a little bit crazy. And youth camps get a little bit crazy in California, <laughs> according to some of my pastor friends. This is the farthest west I've ever been, so I have no opinion on that whatsoever. 
<laughs> so three churches. So how many? Yeah. Where, where, so how many now? Where are we? So we're three churches, and uh, I think had it not been for the last ten months with COVID, we are gearing to launch church four and five this year. Okay. Um, so the, the, the balls are actually rolling in those two communities and we're finding that the longer we go at this, it, it, the process could speed up. Um, and we've found a system that works well for us and that we've learned through our mistakes along the way that, um, we should be ready to launch a church because there's all these little communities that, I mean, real estate, it's kind of like you can choose from multiple buildings in a small town because a lot of things are abandoned or have left. Um, so we, we've just had an advantage there with, with facilities. It's always kind of worked out in our favor. And then, um, you know, the people, people are hungry for a church in their town that, that has kids church that yeah. offers something that ministers to the whole family. And um, that's just something that we've tried to hone in over the years that uh, I would not say that we are even remotely good at, but we're trying to figure it out along the way, and we get better with each campus and um, have a awesome. great team around us. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, I don't mean to close you up, but we're, actually we'll, our next podcast, we'll talk about how to pastor in a small town because I know you guys have some great advice, and I know there's a lot of pastors who listen to the podcast that maybe they're struggling pastoring in a small town, or maybe they're thinking about you know, open a church in a small town, and we'll talk about that next podcast. But maybe if you're out there listening, and you know, and 2020 has been a has been a crazy year last year, and now you're in 2021, you're trying to figure out what do we do now. I mean, you know, may, maybe you need to come to Rainbow Bible Training College. Um, you know, maybe you do feel called to the ministry. Um, maybe after hearing Justin's story, you're like, man, I'm 18 and I don't know a whole lot. You know, you know. But look what he's done. So maybe I can do the same. If Justin can do it, you can do it. Maybe, Amen. Maybe you've been told that you would never be a public speaker because you, you're not very good at it. Um, you know, you know, God has plans. He has a plan for each and every one of us, and he has a plan for you. And maybe you're looking for God's plan. Raymond Bible Training College is a great place to get a hold of God's plan for your life. And I just want to encourage you to go to... If you have internet, unlike Justin, go to rbtc.org and find out more about Rama. Uh, you know, just click there for more information, and, and we'll have um, some of our team give you a call, tell you about Rama, send you some information, and we'd be excited to have you as an um, upcoming student. In fact, we actually have College Weekend coming up in a few months. Um, it's April the 5th and the 6th, I believe. Um, um, Tony's looking that up right now. Uh, we should we should remember that because we, we talk about it quite a bit. Yeah, and always and, it's know, April 9th, tenth, and eleventh. April 9th, tenth, eleventh. So I was a little bit off, you know. And here we are, you know, the end of January, and so um, you know, a couple months away. We have Raymond College weekend, but if you want to come out before that, you can come out, and we'll give you a tour of Raymond. But here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. world.